You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For joining us again at the Wisconsin Sports Heroics Podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. My name is Samuel Holman. I'm here with my co-host McQuaid Arnold. McQuaid, how are you doing today? I'm doing uh, pretty good. Doing pretty good. Had a hiatus from last week's meeting, but um, or last week's podcast, but I'm back today and I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah, and we're we're gonna start doing those mailbags uh, more often, hopefully about once a month. I'm not sure exactly if we'll do it like the last weekend of every month or how that'll work out. Um, but we're definitely going to try to get to it once a month, especially in the off season, as we kind of, you know, the content is a little bit more sparse. Um, so, but for the, for today, we're going to be talking a couple different players and then just discussing the Packers offense and what we kind of expect from that. So McQuay, we're, what we're going to talk about first was Alan Lazard and kind of his contracts uh, situation. So give us a rundown of what's going on there. Yep. So Alan Lazard, right. Early in, or about middle of March, March 15th, the Grimmett Packers uh, signed the restricted free agent tender for Alan Lazard. And basically what that meant was that uh, for a certain amount of time, any team in the NFL had an opportunity to match that offer um, to try and claim Alan Lazard. Right. And in doing so Green Bay would then have to, um, or have the ability to, to raise their offer to beat the team that matched Green Bay's offer sheet. Well, no one, uh, in the NFL matched Alan Lazar's contract offer. So it was a one-year $3.98 million uh, deal for the 2022 season. And uh, at the time, it, back in March, it was presumed that, that this contract would be signed by Alan Lazard and, you know, no, no um, massive delays would, be, would come from it. Well, we're, you know, two months later, and the, the um, restricted free agent tender has not been signed yet by Alan Lazard, meaning that as of if, if the season were to start today, the Alan Lazard would not be on the 53-man roster. He wouldn't be on any roster. Um, because he was a restricted free agent, no other team, he, he cannot play for any other team this year. So essentially his two options are to sit and miss out on his $3.98 million contract for the 2020 season or sign. Uh, now there was lots of lots of um, uh, signs that point to him playing this year. For example, he um, was at a Iowa Cubs, um, I think they're a minor league baseball team game earlier this month, month of May, and conducted an interview and kind of acknowledged his excitement to play with, with Aaron Rodgers this year and, and what to expect uh, and how he can expect to replace. Javante Adams the best he can on the offense this this coming season. However, it, it's still two months later. We're 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 not where there's almost no news on why he hasn't signed it yet. Uh, presumably, people um, 
think that he just wants a long-term deal or, or more money, which is which is understandable for most NFL yeah. players. They want they want that security. Um, and while it, it, it's not, you know, I, I wouldn't use the word concerning as of yet. It is something that that people are definitely starting to take notice of. Um, and we, we, I think, I believe we have until middle of July when training camp and, and, and all that stuff starts in order to, um, get the contract signed and have him on the team for sure. But, uh, it, it's, 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 it's teetering on that point of, of not an issue to uh, maybe a little bit of an issue. And I think people are starting to, yeah. starting to raise some red flags about it. Yeah. And I think that. Uh, like uh, I'm at the point where, I, where, like you said, I'm keeping an eye on it. I don't think I'm worried yet, but I'm just, you know, keeping an eye on it. Like you said, I think that it's it's entirely possible that he wants a long-term contract. Maybe they're working that out. Frankly, I don't think it makes sense for him to sit out the year, which is basically his only other option. Um, just because, you know, he's kind of ascending into a new role, a bigger role in the offense. This is like the perfect situation for him to show what he can do as kind of a featured weapon and so to me even if he wants to leave the team at some point free agency and go somewhere else it makes a ton of sense for him to play this year and it just it doesn't seem logical at least from my point of view for him to want to sit out when he has this opportunity which which i think is is it from my point of view i think is even more concerning to a to to a a uh stance as to why he has not signed it yet uh, yeah. He has no leverage. He, he has no leverage. He has no other reason to sign it, play with Aaron Rodgers for, for one year for $4 million and be the, the true number one wide receiver going into the season. Uh, so him, him not signing it right at, to this point in time, just gives me a little bit of caution. That maybe there is a little, little ounce of him that is willing to sit out the 2022 season as unlikely as that may be. That is obviously worst case scenario for both sides. Um, yeah. That's the only pause for, for concern I have right now. I don't think it happens, but that's 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 where the you know worst case scenario mind goes. Yeah, I know that that's definitely definitely a concern, right? He was uh, even you know with Devonte Adams and MVS on the team, he was still third in the team in tar- uh, third on the team in targets, right? He had sixty targets uh, in twenty twenty one. So that's definitely the Packers definitely want him along. He's a, he's going to be an important part of what they plan to do in twenty twenty two. Yep, I agree. Yeah, and so another player who's going to be important to uh, the 2022 team is going to be uh, Rashawn Gary. And we were kind of both, McQuaid and I wrote articles on him this past week. Um, McQuaid, I believe you, I think we both actually looked at highlighting some of the off-season training drills that he's been going through. We, we took different videos that he and his trainer, uh, Coach Brandon Jordan, have been posting on social media and just kind of looked at them and kind of commented on, on them. So, McQuaid, uh, describe to us what, that art- what your article was about and kind of what your thoughts are on uh, Rashawn Gary's off-season so far. Yep, so going into the 2022 season, I'm, I'm really uh, have, have – High expectations for Sean Gary in the realm of being in this discussion for defensive player of the year. Yeah. Uh, whether he is that he wins it or not is, is completely relevant. I think that he should be in in, in discussion for it. Uh, I know offseason drills are just offseason drills, and it's completely different when you once you once you line up on the field. But if you haven't if you haven't been able to check it out, um, you know, go to WisconsinSportsHeroics.com and and search for Sean Gary, and you'll see the articles about his offseason workouts, and they are just ridiculous his hand movement his 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 uh feet uh feet movement the, the drills that he's doing he looks faster he looks squishier 
Um, he looks more explosive off off the uh, the whistle or the snap of the ball in, in real in real time. Um, you can see that he is the work he's putting in is is, is paying off big time and coming off a career year already in 2021. Uh, I expect him to capitalize off that in 2022 and legitimately be in discussion for a, a defensive player of the year type type year. I'm not going to say he's going to have 20 plus sacks like TJ Watt <laughs> did this past year, but yeah, uh, I expect him to, 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 to be top five in the league in pressures, top five league in sacks. Um, if he's able to play all 17 games and, and uh, that's just a start. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm super high on him as well. Right. Like even looking at this past year where he, you know, he was the, the, well, he, he was basically the number one pass rusher this past year, but looking at his stats compared to some of the other like top defensive players, he had um, he was tied for third in the league with pressures. So he had the same amount of pressures as Miles Garrett, he uh, which is 76. Both of them had 76 pressures. And then Aaron Donald was second with 84. Max Crosby was first with 90, according to PFF. So that's that's like bonkers production, right? That's High, like you said, high level defensive player of the year production already. And with, with what we've seen from his videos so far that he's posted, you know, off season training, um, my, my article kind of talked about similar things, but it, um, I kind of noted in one of his most recent videos that it looks like he's practicing using his hands a little bit more, right? So far, like to this point in his career as a pass rusher, he's mainly relied on his speed and power, right? He's, he's used his bull rush, used a long arm, used a speed rush, just dominated offensive lineman that way. But it looks like what in the most recent videos, he's been drilling a, a cross shot move, which is basically where uh, I'll, a, I'm going to like demonstrating with my hands, but no one is going to be able to see this because we're, it's a podcast, but um, basically a cross shot is where you know, a pass rusher chops across their body to knock down an offensive lineman's punch. Um, but that, you know, if, if he can like, use some of those moves, use like swipes and the, those moves that attack the hands of the, the hands of the offensive lineman, instead of just relying on those, those speed to power moves, those speed rushes. I mean, that he could be insane. Like you, you mentioned, you know, you don't want to go too much overboard and uh, say he's going to have a 20 sack season or anything. I mean, I, I might be willing to say, you know, <laughs> that's, that's within the realm of possibility. Just if he can take that next step, he could be unstoppable. Yeah, the, the, his his ability to develop that swim move on top of the bull rush. I mean, he he's he's a freak of nature athlete, and that's why yeah. Green Bay drafted. So him ability, him using that ability or 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 developing ability to to um um create that swim move and create some of those finesse moves, and not so yeah. much bull rush moves, your strengths, but then being able to to pair that with the bull rush moves this is going to make him. Um, you know, right up there with what he already is, but 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 solidify yeah. himself even more. One of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the the more counters he has, the more he develops that pass rush game. The harder he's going to be to block. I mean, I'm already pumped, and we're in May, so it's it's going to be a long off season. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. But I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then so the, kind of the the final topic we were going to talk about here was the, what we expect for the 2022 offense. Um, there's been some articles on Wisconsin sports heroics about that as well. Um, you can check that out if you want to go on, uh, but kind of just thinking about with Devonte Adams gone, where we expect the offense to be, where we think it should be to be successful. Obviously, you know, 
success is kind of subjective, right? A successful offense is one that gets them to the Super Bowl, no matter how many yards they get or rushing yards or touch, passing touchdowns or whatever counting stat that you want to use. But uh, what are what are some of the, the ways you think that the offense should look, McQuaid, and kind of what stats do you think they should put up to, to kind of represent that, that success? I think that, that re- similar to last year, uh, you got to start on the ground and you got to start having two backs eclipse over a thousand yards of, of total offense, you know, passing and, and rushing with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I think that's where yeah. a lot of the offense is going to start. A lot of the offense is going to be based around, and then that's what uh, is going to open up other things such as play action and, and, and things of that nature. Um, having, having, and then having Aaron Jones develop even more uh, out of the, out of the backfield. I mean, he's already a pr- prolific wide receiver, um, but developing that even more in, in passing games and utilizing that even more in passing games. And then, uh, being able to to use AJ Dillon even more than they did last year, I think that that having two thousand yard backs um, of all purpose yards is is almost a guarantee if Green Bay is going to be com- competitive for you know the number one seed or a Super Bowl run or or what have you. Uh, that's where it's going to start for me. Yeah, and, and you kind of mentioned having the that leaning on those running backs a bit more. Um... And one of the, one of the articles I wrote recently, I looked at kind of the splits that Matt Lafleur's offenses have had. Um, so just to kind of run down those in 2019, uh, they had a passing rate of 56%. So they passed at 56% of the time in 2021. So it's most recent year, they passed at 55% of the time. And then 2020, which was where it was like the number one offense best in the league. They actually only passed it. Um, 53% of the time. So having that balance, even, you know, in seasons where they did have Devonte Adams, the, having that balance has helped them in the past or in the past. And like you said, uh, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, both recorded uh, over a thousand yards. Um, this past year, AJ Dillon had a hundred hundred or I'm sorry, 803 rushing yards, 313 uh, passing yards or not passing yards, receiving yards. Aaron Jones had 799 rushing yards and then 391 receiving yards. So they both, they both kind of contributed to the um, passing offense and the rushing offense. And I think that as, you know, Aaron Rodgers looks to diversify where his targets are going, he's going to have to look at them um, more frequently. Um, He actually, you know, with Aaron Jones, he already did because this past year uh, I mentioned Alan Lazard was the, had the third most targets on the team. Aaron Jones actually had the second most behind Devontae Adams. So that I that it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. You know, how how much they use Aaron Jones versus AJ Dillon in the passing game, and how, how that kind of works out. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I think that that starting there and establishing that run game, like you said, 53% when they had the number one offense in, in the NFL, which was the lowest passing rate over the last three years, yeah. really speaks volumes as to what they might look for to do this year. But then even going beyond that, going going beyond the, the, the passing game, in order to replace Devontae Adams and, and, and the, what he brought to the offense, I think that having two for sure, but it, but, but it would benefit or, or most beneficially be three wide receivers um, with 500 passing yards or receiving yards. I think that's uh, a, a, a realistic, you know, expectation for, for any offense in the NFL, but especially Green Bay, who's going to be um, looking to spread it out this, this coming year. And I think that, you know, the names you, you immediately think to are going to be Al Mazard, obviously, and then possibly Sammy Watkins, if he comes in and, and has a, 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 you know, um, year that, you know, a, a breakout year or, or, um, re- recaptures some of his his early glory days of the NFL, uh, but then you look, you know, if, if if Randall Cobb has has a a productive year, Christian Watson, those those are all four names that that could very well go over 500 yards this year um, in receiving yards for the Packers, and that that immediately right there is is going to I'm not going to say replace Devontae Adams because you can't do that, but it's going to help bridge the gap uh, from last year to this year. And then you still have names out there like Amari Rogers, who who the the Patrick Packers coaching staff has high praise for already um, this year, this offseason. Um, and then Romeo Dubs. There's going to be a lot of names that, that are going to be eligible, you know, for that 500 yard receiving mark. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's the first step you have is getting as many guys as you can up to that 500 yard receiving mark uh, throughout the season. And and mm-hmm. I think that's where you start. Yeah, I think like you said that that 500 receiving yard mark, uh, which is about about what Alan Lazard recorded last year, um, is going to be around where hopefully those rookie wide receivers are going to be able to get. Um, just looking at like how many targets Devonte Adams had last year is kind of bonkers. Uh, he had 169 targets, which is over a hundred more targets than Aaron Jones did. It's just, it's, it's kind of crazy how much the offense ran through him. And so there's definitely going to be a ton of targets to go around. Right. That's like, if, you know, if we divide that up into uh, you know, a measure that's like 60 
targets and then 500 receiving yards as kind of like the basis. That's like enough for three more wide receivers to kind of spread the ball around. So like you said, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out, uh, whether they try to spread the ball out more in the passing game or whether they try to run it more. I'm going to be interested early in the year. I'm kind of a little bit concerned about the offense just because I think that defenses will try to clamp down on like short passes and runs, like flood the underneath zones and keep only single high wide receivers. I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how the Packers approach that, whether they able, they're able to hit deep shots to guys like Dobbs and uh, Christian Watson to get, get defenses out of that single high uh, scheme and kind of make them devote more resources, resources to the deep passing game so that the Packers can, you know, use short passes, use the running game to take the pressure off Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's going to be, you know, this is going to be the year that, that Matt LaFleur really shows, yeah, how he can scheme guys open, and 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 we've we've seen in the past he he he's a mastermind when it comes to scheming guys open. However, this is going to be the year where he doesn't have that safety blanket, and and we even saw you know against the Four Niners in the playoff game this past year that you know having that safety blanket in Devonte Adams maybe sometimes can come back to bite you yeah. just because we saw Aaron Rodgers target Devonte Adams you know when he was double triple covered, and you had other guys running open across the middle of the field, so. This year, we're going to see that. We're going to see Aaron Rodgers rely on more than one guy. We're going to see on, or we're going to see how many guys are able to step up and reach that 500 yard receiving mark. And, and we keep throwing around, throwing around that 500 yard receiving mark. It, it's, it's just not that that mark is, is significant anyway, but it's, yeah. but it's just showing, <laughs> just showing that, that, that you have more than one receiver contributing in a meaningful way. And, and that 500 right. yard receiving mark across the NFL is, is, is widely perceived as, you know, a, a pretty, pretty uh productive year right yeah yeah I, I agree it's kind of a subjective measure but like you said it's it's helpful for trying to visualize you know what a contributor would look like exactly. um and then one other thing i, I kind of highlighted in the, that article i wrote um was just avoiding turnovers right because the packers they've been you know great at avoiding turnovers so far in the Matt LaFleur era you know it's going to be uh, it's going to be critical for them to do that so that they don't they they can sustain drives you know not shoot themselves in the foot but it's also going to be harder because they have more rookies there's more uncertainty you know maybe a, a route is run wrong and that leads to an interception that sort of thing so that's definitely going to be something I'm looking at something I'm trying to judge as the season goes on that's also something that that that's going to be interesting to watch throughout the year because we're going to see Aaron Rodgers just happy. He's going to have to put more trust into rookies than he has yeah. maybe at any point in time in his career. Um, and, and we see him chirping at guys uh, who run the wrong routes or do the wrong assignment. Uh, you know, every year we see that. And that's just, that's the sign of a good quarterback. I think that any, any quarterback in the NFL does that, but you know, Rodgers definitely has that uh, uh, persona about him. However, this year is going to be him doing that in training camp more often and OTAs more often because he knows that, that those guys chirping at could be the guys that are that are actually running routes, running meaningful routes on Sundays, rather than you know he him knowing he can just rely on Devontae Adams uh, or even Al Lazard. You know, there's going to be a lot of guys that he's maybe doesn't have the most the most trust in um, going into the season, but he's going to have to build that trust in training camp and before in preseason if he plays before the season starts, and and that's going to be something that's going to be different this year than than we've seen in years past. Yeah. 
And then this is all, you know, we've talking about the receivers, the running backs, all that. We, we can't forget that the offensive line is still in flux, right? They, they don't know if David Bakhtiari's status, I, I'm assuming he'll be all right by week one, but we still don't know for sure that that injury just seems to keep lingering. So we didn't want to keep an eye on that. And then Elton Jenkins is going to hopefully be ready uh, pretty, you know, about midway or so through the year, but they're going to have, you know, maybe a rookie starting, maybe Josh Nyman over at right tackle. It's going to be, there's going to be some uncertainty on the offensive line as well, which is going to affect both the passing game and the running game. Yeah, the fact that, that David Bacciari is back in the Hudson Center for um, OTAs and, and just working with all the, the rehab guys doesn't doesn't give you the, the most confidence, but just, <laughs> yeah. just kind of hope that, that they're using that as precautionary. Um, but but the, I think the biggest thing, as long as this this ACL thing for Bacciari isn't a, a career changer type of thing, um, I think the most important part is we're going to see this offensive line come into its own and be the strongest it possibly can towards yeah. the end of the season. So, and, and then, you know, throughout the, the, the first half of the season or so, we're going to hopefully find guys like Yash Nijman, who was a diamond in the rough last year, and, and other players who come in and step up. Um, and then we can't forget, you know, Adam Senevich, who's, who's now the offensive coordinator, was an absolute offensive line wizard last year. He has been for the last few years. Yeah. And that's the big reason why he was retained in Green Bay and promoted to offensive coordinator. So whatever he does – as offensive coordinator, I don't think it's going to take away from his ability to just completely uh, do magic with whatever five guys they line up on that offensive line. Yeah. And that, that's kind of it comes back to the, the heart of it. What you were talking about with them, um, depending on Matt LaFleur a little bit more, right? We, you know, a lot of people talk about how this is, you know, getting rid of Devonte Adams, but puts more pressure on Aaron Rodgers, right? The front office is saying, you know, we believe that our MVP quarterback can make up the difference even when our, you know, borderline Hall of Fame level receiver is gone. This is also them saying that, you know, we believe our coaching staff, Adam Senovich, Matt LaFleur, who, you know, he's shown that he can scheme up guys, right? Like you, like you mentioned, um, I always think back to the, the game in 2020 where uh, it was against the Falcons where Robert Tunyon had three touchdowns and then they, they schemed open Malik Taylor on a fourth down to, to, convert it and just that that was that that level of you know coaching preparation schematic adjustments just play design the Malifors they're going to defend depend on Malifor to do that especially early in the year as the rookie, rookie wide receivers are adjusting as the offensive line is getting healthier um it's it's a bet on Matt LaFleur and that offensive coaching staff just as much as it's a bet on Aaron Rodgers you know and and I just want to comment on on the fact of, about Devontae Adams it can't be lost that in the same offseason, the Packers, the uh, Titans, and the Chiefs all traded their top-tier, you know, wide receiver yeah. um, in lieu of, you know, looking to younger future and relying on, the, on, their, on their franchise quarterback. Now, that can be thrown up in the air with, with Ryan Tannehill if you consider him a franchise quarterback or not. But yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, all three of those teams have made the playoffs. They've made deep runs in the playoffs more, uh, at least once in the last three years. They've all made the playoffs in the last three years. Um, and, and they all have a great coaching staff and they all have a great head coach. Um, you, 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 you think about how all three of those teams made a similar decision. This, this offseason really speaks volumes to the value of a number one quarterback over paying a number one quarterback over, you know, paying number one wide receiver rather than having multiple, you know, weapons around that, that, that number one quarterback. So I think that's noteworthy. And I think we're going to see, you know, whether that pays off or not this season with all three of those 
those teams. But I think that that it's, it's noteworthy that all three of those teams who have yeah you know, great leadership, great front office, great head coach, all made the same, all made very similar decisions this year. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I feel like this was a really good uh, conversation, McQuaid. I'm glad to have you back. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we get out of here? No, I think that's it. I think that, that you know, June sets up uh, OTAs, but we're going to have that this coming month, yeah. uh, our training camp. And then before we know it, it's going to be August and there's going to be preseason games. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, sorry right. about that. Uh, no problem. All right, well, uh, if there's nothing else, I want to thank everyone for listening to the Wisconsin Sports Heroics podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. And, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, and we'll be back next week.